0: Welcome the India team, they're going to be sharing. um, It's wonderful to have Edward back and uh, the team. Edward, as we said earlier, came back from 30-odd degrees to a boiler malfunction with no heating and uh, no hot water this morning. Isn't that sad? For him, it is. But we welcome you. Edward, it's lovely to have you back and we'll hand over to you. (laughs) It's nothing like, uh, yes, uh, getting back from 35 degrees and the house is at 4 degrees, to make you think, praise the Lord. Uh, it's, um, but God is good. God is very good. Hello. It's good to be back with you and uh, bring greetings from our friends and uh, partners in the gospel in Hyderabad from Shaker and Chandra. You saw a photograph of the, the ladies team who arrived Saturday morning. We passed somewhere over the Black Sea, I think. Uh, I told Callum to wave at his mum as they shot by. And uh, Uh, they have arrived, you've seen the picture of them, and uh, I just want to say thank you uh, personally for uh, just the privilege of being able to go, and uh, I think this is my 10th year, I first went in 2004, I can never do the maths, but um, that's 10 visits, including 2004, there you go, maths is not my strongest point, Uh, but it's... It's, yeah, I'll go to Malcolm's class. Uh, it's just so good to, to, to have been out over these years, uh, kind of mainly once a year, and to see, to see what God has done and is doing in that place, and just to, to renew relationships with, with people, with friends, of seeing how God is growing and stirring, and to take teams out. It's great when I get there, there's loads of people asking, how's Kate and Pete, and how's uh, Abby and Jill, and, and all the different people that have been out at different times. And uh, I can say they're generally well, I think, generally good stories to tell. It's a privilege to have Callum and Henry Nicky and John from Bidford and Lydia, who's a member at Farringdon Baptist Church, to to come out on the team. We flew out on the 8th, Friday the 8th, and uh, most of us came back on Friday, although Henry Nicky were back on Monday as they had to work, uh, but we missed them. So we want to share a little bit about what we've done. Callum has put together a little uh, series of pictures for us. Do you want to see them in their finery? Yeah, <laughs> yeah come on. Now. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Do you know, it's so the first day you get there, you've lost a night's sleep and you're really tired. And uh, one of the first things you do, apart from get, having a bit of curry that you eat with your hands, and uh, John was the most, and Henry actually, was a little, a little bit skeptical. They said, can we use the forks? And I said, no, you've got to just get in there with the God-given forks that we have, and uh, away we went. And then we went to a, a shop where uh, the team were able to buy some Indian clothes, and the look of horror on Callum and uh, Henry's face. I was fine. You were fine uh, in buying these things, thinking I look really <laughs> stupid, and uh, I, I I'll never.
1: I, I had to be called cool as a con- consult. <laughs> yeah, Nikki was
0: our fashion advisor, um, so. He, then we, we just sort of got stuck in. Normally the first day, because we're really tired, is a bit of a, a kind of just arrive, settle in, um, try and make it through to the evening. But this time, the Shaker had arranged for us to go to... Well, tell us a little bit, Henry, your first experience the Saturday of arriving and...
2: Well, um, we, so we arrived Saturday morning. None of us had had really any kind of sleep at all uh, on the plane, so still really tired, and after going shopping... We, um, we kind of got dragged out to this, well, we, we were a little bit uncertain what it was we were going to. We were first, we got the impression it was just going to be like a house group meeting. And then we got told it's actually, no, it's a bit of a church meeting. And then we got told it's an open air church meeting. So really we have no idea what to expect. And, um, and so we, we kind of went along these really bumpy roads where I tried to have a sleep in the car and bashing my head against everything due to all the potholes. So we turned up at the uh, this this kind of open air meeting to 300 people there, and we later found out it was like a, a three day church event that was going on. That this was the final day, and there we turning up, and all the the Indian people there were kind of looking at the white people just turning up, and it was like, uh, oh what? <laughs> oh yeah, turning up late, fashionably, um, Indian standard time. Uh, and so we turned up, and it was just like. What's going on? I don't know what's happening. And so we, we kind of got dragged up on stage. And uh, I think that's when Edward was told he's got to preach something. And they turned to us. There we are just kind of still really heavily jet lagged. And they say, can you give us a song? And it's like, there we are looking, frantically looking at each other going, what do we do? <laughs> I don't know. Because there, 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 there was like a band, a kind of a small group of musicians set up with this With a keyboard there, Uh, and people who know me, I'm very, you know, particular about my pianos. And this this keyboard wasn't touch sensitive at all, and it was about about, yeah, about so it was one of those cheap nasty Casio ones you got from the 1990s. It was horrible, (laughs) and there wasn't a sustain pedal either. It's like, what am I going to do? So we eventually did uh, we we sang a song. We sang uh, Agnes Day, and it went really well actually, surprisingly. and it was just such a surreal kind of, surreal kind of event. But it was uh, certainly
0: forced you to step out in faith. So, um, yeah. I mean, to put it in context, none of us know where it, knew where it was. It was this—they'd um, set up a stage, and there were lights, and there were about 300 people there, and it was the end of their conference. And there were some dancers, cultural things going on. And twice in the midst of their dancing, just complete power cut, everyone's in darkness, uh, and then people sort of go and fiddle around with the wires, and um, the power comes back, so they restart the dance, uh, but yeah, it's good, wasn't it? Nikki, you've been twice, just do you want to share a little bit? You came three, two years ago for Youth Commons, tell us a little bit about
1: Yeah, I guess I thought that I was going out there um, a second time to see the amazing people that I met the first time, um, to see, um, yeah, just be out there to step out in faith again but I th- guess I thought actually I'm going out to support Henry um, I'm going out to be there with him we want you know it was something that we thought we needed to get go together but particularly to go together I didn't really know what God had installed for me and I guess I thought there'll be more dramas kind of stuff that I do at the youth conference you know I'll be there playing games and things like that and um, and being in the worship team as well which since last time I now do a lot more of And so, uh, um, and that's when we learned God has a sense of humor, (laughs) and he had a lot more in his plan, and uh, some, yeah, really, every time I said, that's all right, I've done my bit, uh, there was something else, obviously. (laughs) So, like, on that Saturday night, um, as well as Edward preaching, um, someone had to do a testimony, and the whole way in this car journey where you were going further and further into darkness, I had no idea where we were going, it was like, yeah, I think it's going to be me that gets asked to, to speak, and sure enough, Edward g- hands me, whilst we're sat on stage, hands me, no warning before we're on the stage, uh, hands me the microphone to go up and do a test me, and luckily, uh, the week before we went to India, um, God, you, it's silly, really, because you should have realized that all these things that you've just been asked to do out of the blue happen, uh, like going to Bidford's weekend away and helping with the kids' work, um, and having an amazing time there, and all of a sudden, that gives you a great testimony to tell about how we... Um, how we met with the Holy Spirit there and how the kids met with the Holy Spirit and um, all of that amazing stuff that happened at Bidford. So that was that. And that was me thinking, great, I've shared my testimony. I won't have to talk again in front of everybody. Whoop! I've got Sunday school on Sunday morning, which I've been planned for for the last couple of weeks. Thank you again to Bidford Weekend Away who gave me the plans. (laughs) Lovely Rachel. Uh, And uh, so there's me thinking, great, Sunday morning done. Uh, That's me, done. I'll kind of ride the rest of the time having a great time. So uh, then Monday, there's another. We're going to a Thanksgiving service. We're going to a meeting. And again, again, meeting could be anything from a house group. And a house group is actually normally about 30 people uh, to a church celebration of 30. Uh, This was um, a Thanksgiving service. Um. And uh, it was in the street. It took over two streets. They just put the ten, put the canopy up, and everybody fills the streets. Uh, again, there must have been maybe 150, 200 people there. Um, and uh, again, the guys get asked to do a song. And half an hour before we go, um, we thought Edward was going to be doing the talk, and they go, no, it's for a girl, so it needs to be the girl's need to speak. <laughs> so half an hour, and it's not just a testimony this time. I've already given my testimony. He can't do that again. Um, so, uh, so no, it needs to be a proper, you know, a proper preach. <laughs> I'm like, great, I've got half an hour. And all of a sudden, this kind of realization of what, you know, Edward and Phil do every week to come up with something to say for, you know, 40 minutes without translation uh and uh, and then lydia and i had to come up with about 20 minutes each i think we've spoke for about two minutes including translation no it wasn't quite that short but um but yeah so there we were this crazy thanksgiving service that turned out to be for a girl who uh, it was a coming of age celebration apparently the two big parties for women particularly in india are marriages but before that it's the coming of age celebration uh, so that here she is, here's our daughter, she's now able to have children, here she is, um, kind of a celebration of that. But particularly for this girl, she was 15, incredibly frail, I don't know if there's pictures gone round of her, um, incredibly frail. Um, and they've been praying for her for four years, basically, because um, the doctors have said this, w- this day would never come, uh, and, um, and that she'll never be able to have children and all of that kind of stuff. And so it's then afterwards... Uh, this is it. Uh, there's flowers. There, there was a throne. I don't know if you've seen the picture of the throne yet. There was a throne. <laughs> and all I'm thinking, if this was in England, I'd be so embarrassed <laughs> that this is the day I've had my first period and, uh, and everybody's here to celebrate it. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I realise, and I'm going to say it. I'm sorry, guys. These guys got so embarrassed. It's hilarious. Uh, but I realised the first time I've ever preached in all my life was at a period party. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, God has a sense of humor. Uh, And even then, even after all of that, even after all of those surprises and all of those things, we still thought that that's it. Uh, That's kind of all we've got left to do. And we had the youth conference, and it was amazing. And Henry's going to tell more about it in a bit. But then even after that, we then got told on the Friday night, but we didn't make the decision until Saturday night, that somebody else other than Edward needed to preach at a different Sunday service. So then Henry and I on with a couple of hours to plan, had to do a whole Sunday service together in a different church to where the rest of the team were. So Edward wasn't even there to kind of hold our hands, just me, Henry, and Chandra. So um, that was amazing. I'll have to let Henry tell more about that. Do you think,
0: yeah. Oh, okay. any, do you want to ask any, any questions, Nikki? We can participate a little bit. <laughs> no, I'll send you all to yeah, me. it's one <laughs> of the... One, this is, uh, that's the, the party we went to... We're getting to that. Good question. We saw, uh, yeah, we, it was, we saw God do a lot, and really do a lot. Uh, you kind of sound, I know Nikki said this, this party that we went to, it sounds slightly weird, and uh, we had quite a long discussion about it, of why we were doing that, and was it appropriate, and, and just talking through with, um, with the team of actually saying, it's really important, women have a low status anyway in society, and kind of, there's, there's a lot of roles, and actually, to be to be able to be married and to have children is is one of the key cultural things and for this girl for four years just to be the doctors to say there's no hope she's uh, she's going she'd never get married she'd never have anyone to provide for all those i mean obviously god god looks out for us but in terms of cultural awareness it was a, a big thing um, so that was that was god you know there was such joy uh, such joy of of god working in this girl's life and and saying that she now can Enter into full adult life was a, was a big thing. Henry. Mark, that's a picture for you. <laughs> <laughs> go on, Henry. Um, yeah, so
2: we, uh, yeah, so we were told on the Friday that someone had to preach on Sunday morning, so we spent all Friday evening and all day Saturday kind of pushed, could persuade John to go and talk. There was no, no democracy. There was a democracy about it. We all voted that John should do it. But John kind of quite understandably said, mm, no, I'm all right, thanks. Um, but all, all, all through this is that I kind of, as soon as we, it was mentioned that someone had to preach, I kind of felt God saying, "Henry, anyway, I think you should do it. It's like, I was like, going, no, I don't think so. Constantly going, I think you should do it. It's like, no, I'm not doing it. And so he kind of placed, and he kind of led me to a, a passage in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter three. And so I read it and I kept reading through it and, and God just kept going, I think you should preach on Sunday morning, well, I want you to preach on Sunday morning, I was like going, no, I am not doing it. So uh, eventually it came to Saturday night, and, um, and we asked a number of people who they think should preach, including we, have, we want to Skype to Sam, Sammy Gody, who has elected John to go and speak. And, uh, and we spoke to a few other people, and they said Callum should speak, and, they said, and then we asked Chandra, Chandra said Nikki should speak. And then Nick decided. Nick kind of stood up and said, yeah, I'll speak and me and Henry can do it. So it's like God saying, yeah, if you're not going to agree to do it, I'll get your wife to agree to do it for you. <laughs> so came to, came to Saturday like frantically, both of us kind of there trying to put this sermon together, take the passage apart and kind of get our, our meaning from it. We went to sleep at like half one in the morning, uh, kind of with like four pages of points that we wanted to make. And kind of went to sleep and we prayed, uh, you know, frantically prayed just before we went to sleep. And then we woke up in the morning and those four pages, we, we, wrote, we wrote out the notes. And those four pages suddenly turned into ten pages. And we had no idea how long we were going to be speaking for. But it was, it was just a testament to how, how faithful God is. And, and when you really pray, when you really trust him, he, he really answers your prayers. And so we came, Chandra was uh, speaking to us going, how long are you going to speak for? And he's like, I have no idea. It could be five minutes, it could be an hour, who knows? Uh, and so we get to the Sunday service and, and you know, God was, was really at work and he really kind of spoke through us. And uh, I just felt God, you know, giving us the words to speak and it was just such an amazing time. And, you know, again, just so how faithful God has, uh, God has been to us all, um, you know, and the uh, prayer that he answers. So it's been, it's been brilliant, really.
0: Great. Callum, tell us a bit about your experiences.
3: Um, yeah, well, I've obviously, my mum's out in India now, and she's been before, So, and she's told me many, many stories um, about India. So I thought, okay, I kind of really expect, or well, I know what I'm going to, to see. However, I was completely wrong, and when I got there, it was a complete culture shock, for one. Um, but also, I don't know why, but I, I just didn't expect to see as many things that God was doing as I, as I did. And like the first night, as they said, we, we kind of went to this meeting, which was massive. And, and it was a bit strange, if I'm honest, when we were there, we were kind of thinking, what are we doing? Like we sat in this, on the edge of this road, uh, back garden even, and there were just people singing out praise to God. And then Ed did his preach. And then, of course, we have to pray for people after, which was a privilege, but it was slightly nerve wracking because one, they can't understand you, and she's like, okay, God, you've got to just, you've got to work here. But two, there's hundreds of them, and there's only, what, five of us, six of us. So we start praying, and even though there was a difference in the um, the translation, they couldn't understand us. God was just doing incredible things. And we were seeing people get healed. There was a few mute people, wasn't there? And and they were, they were being healed. And it was just, it was incredible to see. But... um some of that really struck, we, struck me was the generosity of everyone out there. Now, some of them had hardly anything, and they were living in rooms smaller than my kitchen, and that was their entire house. But everywhere we went, every home group we went to, um, they would feed us, and they were the most incredible curries um, ever. But it was, just, it was just incredible to see their, their generosity and, uh, and their heart for the Lord, and it just really touched me. Um, but a time that really kind of um, touched me was the last day of the conference where we had the baptisms, but um, just before the baptisms, we had to wait because the baptism pool had leaked, so we had to wait for the uh, the water to get filled up again. Um, so we washed um, all the youth's feet. Now, I don't know if you've seen anywhere, but they just walk around barefooted, so their feet weren't exactly the cleanest, so it's kind of like, oh, here we go. But it was... Genuinely, it was incredible, and it was such a powerful time, and like I was talking to Ed after, and he was saying like, when we read it in the Bible, where Jesus washes the disciples' feet, we kind of think, oh, it's a kind of a really quiet, powerful time, and they're just, just like quietly sitting there, but we had a right laugh doing it. It was so funny, and it's just like, how, how do we know if they were quiet or if they were laughing? Like, it was it was so much fun, and uh, and they were all touched by it. Then... They all wanted to wash our feet afterwards as well, which um, I have to say, I don't think my feet have ever been so clean um, in my life. They washed about 20, 30 times, um, <laughs> but it was, it was genuine. it was an incredible time. And then at the end, um, this old lady, sweet shop lady, I don't know her name, um, she uh, she came down and, and knelt on the ground and washed our feet and then dried our feet with her sari and that was one a powerful act in itself but then she would pray over us and and bless us and it was it was just so the way she did it it was just it was incredible and it was humbling herself as, like like we were humbling ourselves to the others but it was it was just i don't know it was just something different about it she was it was just incredible and uh yeah and i mean the entire trip has just changed my outlook of life really um i mean Sometimes I moan at how how small my room is. And that's like the size of people's entire homes. It, it kind of just put, it, put everything into perspective. But also what struck me is just their heart for worship. Like we went into the service on Sunday a couple of hours late. Um, but still everyone was worshipping. And uh, and it's just everyone is dancing around and like waving their the top of their saris and stuff. And... Uh, and even if they, we, like Henry was singing in English, and they, instead of just switching off and thinking, okay, I don't understand what they're saying, they would just con- continue to worship in, in the most incredible ways, and it just kind of made me think, like, if I don't know a song here, I easily just go, oh, I don't know this thing, I'll just sit here, I'll just stand here, but there, they, they are just, they're just worshiping, and it's kind of, kind of struck me as in, why do I just stand there? Why do I just look at the screen and think, oh, okay, I don't know the words? or why do we get caught up if the words aren't exactly on time? We just, and if the sound's not quite right, I'm constantly looking around at my brother or whoever's on sound thinking, what are you playing at? <laughs> and it's just kind of like, <laughs> it's, uh, it's just. <laughs> 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 Thank you. Um, <laughs> So it, it just kind of struck me as if, like, there was power cuts all the way through the service, but they just continue to worship and to pray and to, to deliver the message. And it was just, I don't know, it was just, I need to be more like that. And they've also still got more to learn, but I've got so much more to learn. And it is just kind of, yeah, it really struck a chord with me.
0: Fantastic. Um, we principally went out to, to lead a youth conference, although you've heard some of the things around it. Uh, that we did the youth conference was at a conference center that the women are going to this week. Um, we uh, had a th- I was praying beforehand and kind of felt God lead to to this theme of crucial questions and uh, we 'd been at a fresh streams conference, and some of the c- two questions have been touched on in that conference which about leadership, but I just felt God say this was something to develop and pursue and I was really sort of unsure about whether this was kind of right, but I prepared the material and uh, The underlying principle of of Crucial crucial Questions was was this, that so often we have many questions of God. Why have you allowed this to happen? Why have I got sick? Where are you? Why did my prayers not get answered? What's my future? And God loves that we ask questions of Him. But there are times in Scripture that, that God actually asks a question of us. And directs a question to us. And I, I felt drawn to that. And there were, there were five that I particularly picked on. And the first one is, is from Genesis 3. The question, where are you? And I introduced it by saying that God, God asks this question. Because he genuinely wants a response. He genuinely asks us and says, what, what will you say to me? How will you respond to this? That I can't, couldn't tell the 90 young people what their answer should be. But ask them to say, well... What do you want to respond to God? Where are you? And obviously in the context of Genesis 3, it's about Adam and Eve. They're hiding. They feel ashamed because they've rejected and rebelled against God. and They're hiding. But God, walking in the cool of the evening, called out, where are you? And so it developed a a kind of message around that of saying, where are you at the moment? And asked them. And it was just a privilege to see that in the prayer time at the end, about 15 of those 90 um, teenagers, young adults, made a commitment to Jesus, which is just brilliant. They'd come from five churches, from Shapanaga the bulk, but there's from Janaram, where one of the orphanages is, from Manor, from um, the, the place called um, Balarum, and the, one of the villages we'd visited 15 hours away in the rural places with the youth team in the summer, that summer had come all the way. And part of the, where are you, was to say, you know, some of them had been to conferences before, I'd had the privilege of baptizing them, but also, where are you? Where are you in your walk with God? Where are you in your relationship with God? And uh, about 40 of them stood in the point where there was a kind of saying, I want to turn back to God. I've backslidden, I've turned away, I've become apathetic, lukewarm, and, and cold-hearted to God. 40 of them responded, Praise the Lord. The second, that was the morning, the evening, uh, I did a second talk uh, from uh, Genesis 4, the question that, that God asks to Cain, where is your brother? Because Cain had killed Abel. And God says to, to Cain, where is your brother? And developed a little message all around Around that, of, of where do we look to uh, our responsibility to one another? Uh, what is our responsibility to other? Do, do we have a responsibility to our neighbor? What about to those people who hate us? What about to those who hurt us? And God, again, met with us, challenged, and spoke. I'll read a couple of testimonies that uh, we had at the end. That was the first day in the afternoon. We'd done kabaddi and all sorts of uh, fun things, making friendship bracelets. Uh, this the second morning, uh, I spoke on um, uh, when God asks, uh, Moses, what is that in your hand? People are thinking about this. Um, that as Moses is kind of confronted by God at the burning bush, that God asked him this, because he's kind of got all these excuses of why, why it shouldn't be him. Why it shouldn't be Moses who is set apart and called by God. And God's asked this question, in all the excuses what's that in your hand? And he kind of says, it's a staff. And that formed the basis of his trust. So I began to explore a little bit about how God can use anybody, that even that which we think is insignificant becomes powerful in God's hand. In the evening, I spoke on the fourth question, which is back in Genesis 32. God asked Jacob after wrestling all night, what's your name? And then the final morning when we, we had some baptisms, we, um, I spoke on the theme in, from John 13, of do you understand what I've done for you? When God, Jesus, has washed their feet, showed the full extent of his love, he says, do you understand what I've done for you? It was a brilliant conference, really, really good. We had lots of time of worship, time of prayer, time of fun, of games. Um, it, God spoke, I, I, I challenged myself to step out in faith, because uh, having been to India a lot, it's, quite, it's not surprising even the surprises. I just go expecting there to be something weird that happens like uh, a coming of age party or you're never quite sure what's going to be there. But I, I did want to say to God, I want to keep stepping out of faith. So in, in the, the times of, of worship, I was trying to listen to God for words of knowledge and <laughs> I struggled to do that, but it's, there were five that seemed to be really apt that God spoke. So here are some testimonies. Raju, he's about 12 uh, 13 he's one of the orphans that we care for in Janarum. he was abandoned by his parents on a railway station when he was 5 they just took him to a railway station and left him and he said i've known him for a little while but he said in a time of testimony he said he was very sad and cried a lot when he was 5 and 6 and 7 but that sadness turned to bitterness and hate as he grew up towards his parents, for leaving him and abandoning him. Why didn't they want him or love him? And he was really, really bitter. So in the talk, Where Is Your Brother? He sensed God's presence. And I think Henry prayed with him, actually. And you're praying over him. And he said he just heard God's voice really clearly, which said this, I love you so much more than your mummy or daddy. And he said the cloud of bitterness and hatred just left. And he was just able to praise and worship God. There's another guy called Joseph. He wasn't able to pray. He'd got a blockage. He said he'd he'd prepared his mind and body for 25 days, seeking God and wanting to connect again with God. And in the conference the first day, he said he still wasn't able to pray. God seemed distant. But then the light of God broke through totally. He said he had a strong sense of God's presence and a huge joy. He said he connected again with God's Holy Spirit. I've got pages of testimony. David from Janarum was baptized in 2011, but Baxter had gone out with his friends. This time, God was speaking. Why are you running from God? And during the evening, the second evening, God anointed him and he put his small life back in God's hands. So grateful for what had happened. There was a guy called Aki who didn't really want to be there, but his mum had sent him. Good old mums. He said, you are going to this. He's uh, the son of one of the leaders, but just hadn't been to church at all, didn't want to be there. Um, a, uh, on the first night, he, he was, there was a time worship. I kind of saw him. He was a bit of a lad, really kind of earring, kind of very cool. And you could see he just wasn't connecting. Uh, and he'd said he said uh, he just was sensing God doing something, and he didn't want it, so he went out to get some water. He just absented himself. And on the second night, Chandra kind of noticed. Chandra was really discerning. On the second night, Chandra saw he was opening his eyes and kind of disengaging. And Chandra kind of, she's very formidable. She said, close your eyes to this guy. And uh, she, he closed his eyes. Uh, and he met with God. For an hour, he was just caught up in the presence of God. The next day, he said his burdens had been lifted. He wants to be faithful to God. His sister was there. His sister had been praying for him for years. He went over in a very un-Indian fashion. He hugged his sister He said sorry, and they both shed many tears because she'd been praying for him for a long time, which is fantastic. Um, A guy called Lucas, he wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and God filled it with him. him. He was so happy. Another guy, Prem, who I've known for many years, he said, I didn't want to come to these meetings and this conference, but my mother made me, good old mums. But for three days, I've enjoyed meeting with God and the presence of God. What I discovered afterwards is... His dad is an alcoholic and beats the family. And his mum is one of the cooks uh, at, the, uh, at the, the lighthouse for the students. And Prem, uh, earlier last year, had gone to his dad and said, what you're doing to this family is wrong. You must stop it. And his dad beat him and said, who are you to speak to me? And so Prem had kind of got hurt by this. He'd gone. He'd stopped really being at the family, starting to live with his friends, he was kind of getting into alcohol and all those things. And when he came back from the conference, he went and he knelt at his mother's feet and he said, forgive me, mother, for making your life difficult. And his mum cried and he started coming to some things. Just this week, sitting in the Bible class, just, and his mum saying, his, his heart has changed. God was doing that so much so rejoicing Uh, a girl she had bitterness against a friend but she met with god and has taken away the bitterness she's received many blessings very glad to have been there which was great just a wonderful callum preached at the house group four people came to faith it wasn't even meant to be a house group that we'd been um, there's this big event in the day this coming of age party The guy Sunil, the worship leader, had agreed to have the house group but thought his wife had been so busy he didn't tell her that there was going to be a house group and she had to cook for us all (laughs) until later in the day. And you can imagine the response. Uh, um, But he just said it was right that God should have the house group at his house that night, and four people came to faith. At the youth conference, we had the privilege at the end of baptizing eight of the young people, uh, which is just a great joy. And then on the Monday night, um, we went to this second event and I, I had preached. It was, again, it was the first night of the three, three nights and 45 people came to faith. It's just wonderful. I preached nine times, I think, and taught four days full in the Bible College. So it was, it was hard work and prayed for a lot of people and spent a lot of time laughing. Henry, tell us about what you, some of your reflections of what you've learned. Um,
2: well suppose the uh, a lot of things I've learned is you know how faithful God is, you know it, it, particularly when it, the the preparation coming up towards India God provided uh, the ways and the means to get there and the finances and it's been it's been brilliant and and again, how faithful he was there you, you know as Callum and Edward were saying when praying, you're not quite sure. If they, if they can understand a word you're saying, but God is still being faithful to you and and praying there and and answering prayers there, which is really powerful to see. Um, one of the other things was, was the worship side of things. It was uh, you know, Callum's already touched upon it about the worship there, particularly at the youth conference. You know, there were a number of times when uh, we, me and John, joined the um, joined the band, and uh, you know and it was it was interesting because the, the you know the, the setup the, often the power things up they have two wires and you just whack them in the plugs and that gives them the power health and safety would have a field day with them uh but even even as kind of saying despite power cuts that people just have a heart for worship they just don't care what's going on they just worship they just want to praise god they just want that is their focus and it was it's such a we one evening in particular, that, that we had a, it was a really good worship time. But it wasn't because of anything the band was doing. Because there's, there's occasions, you know, as, as a musician and, and, and a worship leader, that you can have a bit of an arrogance about it. When you come out from a really good music worship time, that you can kind of say, oh, I did that. That was, that was me, I did that. But there was one particular worship, t- worship time when we, we came out of it. And both me and John looked at each other and just thought, that was appalling. No one would want to claim responsibility for that at all, and uh, and but what, you know, when there were power cuts. As I say, the sound was all over the place, it was uh, you know some of the songs we, we I think we were all playing completely different keys or in completely different time signatures. It was absolutely awful. But the people, the youth there, they were just so focused on God. They were meeting with the Holy Spirit, and it was and it's just like. They're not letting anything get in the way with them meeting God. They're not letting any distraction, you know, to set them up, you know, take them apart, split them up from God. And it was such a, so powerful to kind of see that and and that kind of, you took that on yourself and you just kind of, you tried to make sure nothing that, you know, nothing would get in the way of you worshipping God. And it was so, so really powerful, you know, and, you know, that was one of the key things I, I learned, really.
1: Um, yeah, I guess um, God's work is never done. is the is the main thing that I don't and that um, and that He's He'll never stop using us. And that when you think that you've achieved something, or maybe you've just led an amazing ministry, you've just finished an Alpha course, and you took someone to the Alpha course, and uh, and they became a Christian. It's the most amazing thing. But that work is never done, and there are plenty more people to take to Alpha courses, or take along to events, or take along to. Um, just anything, and that, yeah, his work's never done, so we can never le- rest on our laurels. Uh, I guess for the worship as well, I was um, I was lucky enough to sing, and Rekha, who's one of the daughters of Chandra and Shaker, is a beautiful um, singer and um, person and worship leader. And it was really, she taught me some of the songs in Telugu, so we both sang in Telugu at some point, so it was a real um, blessing to be able to, even though they prayed and worshiped through our English songs, it was real blessing, and actually, I've Sorry, I prefer Agnes Day in Telugu now. but um, And, uh, yeah, it was just amazing um, and obvious the, the amount that they brought to us as much as we hope we brought to them through God.
3: Um, I guess for me, the main thing I've learned is just to worship through anything, no matter what's going on um, inside me or around me, um, just to worship in the good times and the bad times. And um, I was going to say something else, but I can't remember. Um, I don't know, uh, well, just, yeah, no matter what, oh, yeah, that God can use me. Um, It's kind of one of the things I preached on, or spoke on when I um, did the home group, and I've always kind of struggled thinking, God can't use me, it's only little me, and uh, it it was just, it was amazing that God can use me, and he can use you um, in ways that you would never really believe, and yeah, just to think wild and you might get close to why you're using it.
0: Fantastic. I just have to say, it's such a great privilege seeing God at work. I know Malcolm was just saying about inviting one guy to an event this year. Just think of the joy of seeing that, that, that man, that woman, come to faith. It's what we're here for. We'd have to, I mean, it's, a joy to tra- it's a real joy to travel to India. I love going um, and see so much of God. And it's just pretty like you preach and 45 people respond. Oh, fantastic. In a service that you've preached in the night and there's a power cut and it's translated and everyone's sitting on the floor and God works. He does work and I want to see more of that here. I know you do too. I want to see more of that here. And I want to see the church grow and flourish. And I want to see me continue to step out in faith in the things that I I promised God I would try, and I promised God here, but sometimes I just, I don't quite know why. But I have said to God I want to continue. And I love the fact that these guys just wanted to step out in faith. You know, Henry, until about eight months ago, had not eaten curry once in his life. (laughs) Seriously. Seriously. And the fact that we had to eat with our hands curry three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner... Joe Henry said, "All the way home, I'm going to go and have sausage and chips when I land. <laughs> sausage and chips when I land, and they did, didn't you?"
2: I, mean, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah,
0: but you enjoyed the curry. I it again.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. And sometimes we put so many. About, I can't do this. I can't do this. This is just too much. Too beyond my comfort zone. And it is beyond our comfort zone. It is beyond our comfort zone. But is our comfort zone more precious to us than God and Jesus and his kingdom? And if the answer is yes, we need to repent. Because he said we all of us, all of our life is for him. Here endeth the lesson. Let's stand together as we, we worship. Just to encourage you, one of the things that was always is, is just a heart for worship and, and a joy in praise. Jess is going to lead us with the band. runners are coming back. They're going to tell us a little bit about what they've been doing. But I just encourage you to love Jesus. You do in your heart. And just love him expressively. Love him with passion. Yeah, there's an Indian thing and a British thing. I get that. But step out of comfort. He's worth it. He's the Savior. He's the Lord. He's the one who's picked our little lives up, set the feet in grace and truth and life. And I tell you, if you've not sensed, or if you've not kind of, if, if just Christianity has become humdrum again, just remember a time when there was that passion, that first love, that joy. And begin to set your face again towards God and say, renew me, please, Lord. Take me on a step further. In that question, where are you? Where are you now this morning, brother and sister? Are you responding to his call to come and meet with him again, be refreshed, to be forgiven, to be restored? to experience again the grace of the Lord which is new this day for you. What a gift. And maybe there's just a sense in you of God's good. He is good. Even in the midst of feeling weary and it's cold outside ask you, invite you, just worship him. He's Lord. He's worthy of our praise.